Welcome to Eventland, a podcast by InEvent, the number one cloud platform for professionals powering up events from recorded content to live video streaming. This is our very first season called Event Horror Stories. So grab your coffee, press play, and join the party. My name is Marion Fulfin, and it's great to have you here. episode, we invited Courtney Stanley, a keynote speaker and event MC, and she's no stranger to InEvents events. So today she shares some of her stories on hosting and attending impactful events. My name is Courtney Stanley. I am a full-time keynote speaker, event MC, podcaster, and just all things content creator. I come from the events industry, so I used to be a corporate and association planner, and then I shifted more into the event technology space and worked in more of the brand exposure, public relations, um, overall event marketing strategy type of role. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it, but after you know working for a couple of years as both a planner and supplier. I realized that I just loved the speaking side of things. I was raising my hand to speak at conferences and conducting interviews. And so I decided after a few years of working in the industry to turn a side hustle of speaking into a full-time role as an entrepreneur and speaker and MC. That's incredible. And how is the journey going so far? Well, Marion, it's been interesting. Um, I launched my business full-time at the very beginning of the pandemic, uh, January 2020. So I, yeah, I obviously didn't have the foresight as nobody did across the globe to see what was coming, especially for the live events industry. Um, But it actually turned out to be a big blessing in disguise. It was probably the worst time to start a business, but also because it was so challenging, it was truly the best opportunity to really be pushed and to learn how to just be more creative and have a lot more strength, both mentally, but also as a business person. So I, it's been yeah. going really, really well, which I'm happy to say, but it's definitely been more of a roller coaster than I ever expected. I, I can't even imagine. And you were talking about two different industries. <clears throat> Sorry, repeat. You were talking about two different industries. So how did those two industries come together? Like being a speaker and also being an event planner. Yeah, it's so interesting because as a planner or even as a supplier, a lot of times you're you're managing speakers or you're at least interacting with speakers for your events. And so I'd had a lot of experience in, you know, program design and experiential design and those types of things, but I had never really been on the content creation side until I started volunteering to speak at industry conferences. Wow. So I would attend, you know, uh, MPI, Meeting Professional Internationals, um, annual conferences and like pretty much every other conference across industries, they have opportunities for you to submit proposals to present your ideas, your education, networking opportunities at their annual events. So I started to, I mean, it was a great way to attend these events as well, right? Because yeah. they sponsor you to come and to be a part of the full experience. So it was, it was a win-win in so many different ways. It was great for me to practice my love of speaking and also share my knowledge but it was also a great opportunity for me to be present at those industry events and network with other planners and suppliers and industry leaders so the it's funny the two paths really ran parallel to each other i think um more than operating in their own silos 
Mm, got it. I love that. And you are such a great MC. I mean, we've used you at InEvent for so many events as well. You've hosted the InEvent sessions. So the theme of this podcast is events horror stories, right? What was your most terrible experience or situation as an MC? Yeah, yeah, it's such a fun theme. So I think one of the most challenging experiences that I have had was actually during a hybrid conference. So, you know, that's when we have both an in-person ex- experience happening, but we also have a virtual audience that is participating in the event from across mm-hmm. the the globe. So, I was actually on site for this conference in person. It was a 4,000-person conference, but my role was to be the virtual event MC. So, I would be live streaming to our virtual audience from on site at the uh-huh. in-person experience. So really great concept, incredible opportunity to reach so many people that weren't yes. at the conference in person. And what had happened was the the venue's internet didn't work. So we get there and we fly in a no. day early, you know, we're running through the rehearsals and we're really just expecting to start filming the next day. And what ended up happening was because the internet was down, we weren't able to live stream out to the virtual audience, which was another few thousand people that were expecting to wow. participate and to experience what everybody else was as well. So we ended up actually just hustling and you know recording everything that we could days in advance once we were on site so for example monday's content we decided to record sunday and we just jumped in you know full force and ran with it the best that we could and it ended up turning out great the virtual audience actually had no idea that we had pre-recorded the content which was a good thing great yeah yes yes but it was it was one of those times where you just things were out of our control and we had to do the best that we could. And luckily we had a really incredible team on site, a production team to make sure that everything ran smoothly. And the final mm-hmm. product was beautiful. It was great, great, but it was hectic. It was very hectic. I can't even imagine what that felt like. Like what are the emotions that you go through in that moment when you realize, oh no, there's a crisis and we have to move into plan B now? For me, my responsibility as an MC is to best support the team. So I wasn't super stressed. I just knew, okay, this is the path that we're taking Mm -hmm. and we're going to do things differently. So my job is to show up and do the best that I can to deliver what they're looking for. So I wouldn't say that I was super stressed. I think I was more hopeful that I would be able to alleviate stress that my client had or that the planners had or the production team had. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned and I love to be in control. Who doesn't? (laughs) But I've learned that there are just moments where you have to go with the flow and things are out of your control and you just show up the best that you can. Um, So I actually, it was kind of exciting. It was kind of exciting. It was, it ended up being a lot more fast paced than we expected it to be, but we knocked it out of the park. And so I felt really happy to be doing that with the team. That's great. And then what about you as an attendee? Because I'm sure you've been to many events as an attendee. What were some of the events, horror stories that you've experienced as an attendee? 
Yeah, I feel like I have um, I have flashbacks when I think about this question. I'm like, <laughs> there are so many funny stories uh, that I could think of, and some are not so funny. But one that comes to mind is um, there was a conference that I was attending, and actually a lot of people got food poisoning. I don't know oh, if it was no. yeah a restaurant that we went to for networking, or if it was you know the venue or whatever. But we uh, so many attendees ended up getting sick, and actually quite a few speakers ended up getting sick as well and um it was just it was a mess it was a mess and in those situations you know there's not a whole lot that you can actually do you just have to kind of shift speakers around and try to cover for the ones who are ill and that kind of thing but yeah it was one of those very unfortunate situations that really i mean nobody saw it coming yeah i can imagine and also what do you do then when like half your attendee is just like are not able to attend sessions anymore or speakers are not able to attend anymore so that's a bit of a crisis though <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it definitely is and i actually was one of the speakers who became severely ill so i couldn't speak that morning and fortunately it i was speaking during um a concurrent session so there were other sessions happening at the same time but it was awful i mean and at that point there really isn't a whole lot you can do other than just take care of yourself but exactly. it's one of my worst nightmares and worst memories of just not being able to actually show up and do the job yeah and that's really hard i mean i think also part of like emceeing and being involved in events in general there's a certain confidence that you have to have about you to kind of handle these situations but what do you think do you think confidence is important to be able to handle this or another personality trait yeah i definitely think you know when curveballs are thrown your way i think that confidence is a really important skill to always be sharpening so i don't think that you're born confident and you mm-hmm. are at that same level of confidence forever. True. I think that a lot of times, you know, actually going through really challenging experiences helps you to build confidence because you know you can handle it. So, I think yes, confidence is very important. I also think flexibility is really really important. Yes. So, of course, sure you might become stressed or your nerves um just flare up because something has happened that makes you feel uncomfortable or unprepared. Mhm. and i don't like being unprepared like most people don't i like to know what's going to happen next again getting back to that person that likes to have a plan and be in uh-huh. control and that kind of thing but i think being able to be adaptable especially you know we've seen over these past couple of years that one of the most important things that we've had to learn to become better at is being agile being adaptable yes. being flexible having patience thinking differently and creatively and being able to think on your feet but i yeah. also think it's important to slow down so if things do happen on site and it you know turns your world upside down being able to take a step back and just take a breath and reassess what makes the most sense for you to move forward that mm-hmm. also allows you to be a little bit more confident in taking those next steps and making sure that they're the right steps yeah that's a really good point and i love that you said to slow down because i think in these moments of crisis the first thing we're thinking and i know i'm one of those people is like what do i do like how do i fix this <laughs> and you're yes. saying like the exact opposite just like take a breath take a moment assess the situation and then calmly address the problem absolutely yeah and i think it's important to lean on your team too you know it's not yeah it, 
you may not always have the answers that other people come up with. So being able to ask for help is really, really important. Seek advice, um, even reaching out to your community and just texting a friend and saying, hey, this just happened. Do you have any advice on how to handle something like this? We don't have all the answers all the time and that's absolutely normal and fine. So I think it's important to also humble yourself and ask for help. Yes, I love that. That's that's such a beautiful thing to say and such good advice because I think many people, especially people in business and particularly women in business, we have trouble asking for help in these situations. Yeah, yeah. And actually, what's so funny, Marion, is I think that asking for help is actually a sign of confidence. Absolutely. You know, I think it's, it's often the people who are afraid to be seen as uh, failing or making mistakes, those are people who maybe actually lack a bit of confidence versus someone who is more secure in the fact that everybody makes mistakes and things happen that you know, you're not going to expect and that's okay. Yeah, that's perfect, that's beautiful. And I love that you're sharing so openly and honestly and this is something you do quite often on your podcast, Dare to Interrupt. Tell us a little bit about that. Do you think it's difficult for people to genuinely and authentically share their stories and especially the unsuccessful ones, the horror stories, the things where there were mistakes. I definitely think it can be very difficult, especially if those stories are painful. So I think there, there are the stories where, you know, you make a silly mistake or, you know, you can make it a little bit more comical and it's a bit of a lighter story. And mm-hmm. those ones tend to be a little bit easier because you're able to laugh it off and laughing things off is a very good thing. But yeah. I also think there are stories of failure um, where people have maybe a little bit more shame or embarrassment or regret attached to that particular experience. And those are often the more difficult stories to share. But what I believe is that if we're able to be really vulnerable and embrace just being human and understanding that we're not alone and everybody makes mistakes, everybody feels embarrassed at certain mm. points in their life, that it's it creates more of an opportunity through storytelling to be able to build meaningful connection and to really create an opportunity for people to relate to what you went through and to yeah. feel connected to your message, to feel connected to you or to feel inspired to do things differently or to maybe not be so hard on themselves. So I do think that it, it can be very difficult for people to share stories that are a bit more painful, but I also think that the reward is so much greater if we're able to yeah. share those experiences that can connect us on a more a, a deeper level. Good. That's that's perfect. And that actually leads me to my next question about your own experience. So what makes you nervous when you host an event? Do you have some sort of ritual to kind of organize your thoughts or to relax? Like, what are those things for you? Truthfully, I think what makes me the most nervous and unsettled is the unpredictability. So it's like, what could go wrong, you know? And it's funny, Marion, because even just, you know, within the first 10 minutes this morning, I've had a couple of technical challenges. And that's the kind of stuff that just, it just happens on days where you least expect it. And you just have to kind of troubleshoot and um, roll with the punches. But I think the, the things that you cannot predict and prepare for are probably the things that end up stressing me out the most because that's when you really have to think on your feet and hit pause and reassess and troubleshoot. Um, But in order to prepare for things like emceeing, speaking, where you're going to be 
on a stage, whether it's virtual or in person, speaking in front of hundreds or thousands of people, the pressure can be very high. So I always like to, first of all, of course, prepare. So if I'm doing an MC gig, I will always, always, always rehearse, review the script, revise it, so that it feels more natural and authentic. I think one of the worst things that you can do, especially virtually in person too, is to sound like a robot. So making sure that it feels, it just feels like me and it feels easy for the audience to connect with the speaker is important. Um, But I also think really checking your energy level is critical. So especially in virtual, you know, a lot of times um, you show up and you think that you're, you're really energetic and you're connecting with the audience and you're showing up the way that you want to. And then you watch it back and you're like, Ooh, I probably could have brought it a little bit more, smiled a little bit more, just amped up my energy in general. And so what I try to do really before any speaking experience, whether it's emceeing or keynoting or workshopping is I make sure that my, I'm fully energized. So I'm not going to be showing up exhausted with bags under my eyes. I feel good. I'm dressed up. I'm fresh, but I'm also playing some serious, fierce pump up music. So I've got Beyonce. I've got Cardi B, (laughs) like all my ladies are cheering me on. And I know that I'm going to show up and deliver because I've prepared myself to do so. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I absolutely love that. So you have like your own cheerleaders going on. Yes. Spotify playlist or something. Yes. Yeah, I do. I have my own Spotify playlist that I just use to get myself hyped. And it's effective. It works for me. It gets me in a really great mood and a great mental space. I love that. And you also spoke about rehearsing. So how do you rehearse? Do you rehearse in front of the mirror? Do you rehearse with people giving their opinions? Ooh, yeah, that's a really, really great question. So typically I will reverse solo. So I won't, I won't rehearse in front of anybody else. Um, Sometimes I will record it though. Sometimes I, I always, you know, check my lighting and sound before I go on. So I'll just open up, you know, zoom or something like that and just make sure everything's angled properly. And my eye contact is on point. Um, But sometimes I will, I'll record myself and I'll do an introduction, watch it back, which I know can be painful for a lot of people to watch themselves and hear themselves speak on camera. But it's so important to see what the audience sees, to know that you are showing up the way that you really want to. So that's something that I'll definitely do. But typically, I think one of the most one of the areas that's easy for people to kind of trip up is reading a script. So a lot of times it's, it's easy to say, you know, your introduction and you've got Mm -hmm. it down or, you know, even answering interview questions on the fly can be a little bit easier than actually reading a script where you really shouldn't be reading. You shouldn't be looking down, but you have to be saying what the client needs you to say. So I will spend a lot of time going through the script so that I, if I notice areas where I'm stumbling or it just sounds, it's hard for me to read that particular sentence for whatever reason, it's a tongue twister or it just Uh sounds funny. I'll take the time to go through and revise the script so that it's really, it's in their words, but maybe the tiniest changes make it sound more natural and it's just easier to read. So a lot of time is definitely spent reading through the script. And then a little bit of that time is also doing the on-camera work and just making sure that it looks good. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because I think sometimes people also forget that, you know, 
when people write scripts, they don't remember that it's a person and another person. So we yes. see differently, <laughs> you know. So the way someone might articulate one thing might be different to the way you would want to articulate that exact same point. So it's nice yes. to bring in that element of you, Courtney, who's emceeing to bring your personality to that. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And what's also interesting, Marion, is sometimes there's a language barrier. So sometimes, yeah. you know, I work with clients from all different countries and sometimes when things are being scripted, they don't necessarily read the same way to the same people. Yes. So it's also important for me to go through and just make sure everything reads the way that the audience would need to hear it. But yeah, there it's so important to to do those exercises and to script and also to always listen to yourself and watch yourself on camera even if it feels uncomfortable. Yes. Even if it hurts. <laughs> yes, sometimes it's painful. <laughs> sometimes it's really painful. <laughs> so on the lighter side of life, I want to know what is your what does your dream event look like? So if you could imagine your dream event, what does that look like to Courtney? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was given I gave this question a little bit of extra thought. Um, because I mean there are so many big, beautiful things that come to mind. But I think for yeah. me, my dream event would probably take place in another destination for sure. I think it would probably take place somewhere in Latin America because I love Latin culture. Uh -huh. um, I think that I would want to be fully immersed in another culture. I think that's what's most important to me is I want to feel like I'm actually experiencing something very, very different than what I might experience day to day. Wow. I would also say that I would want my favorite people there. So if I could create my perfect event, I would want, you know, closest family and friends, great, you know, industry people, that kind of thing. I would want to be surrounded by really awesome people. But then I would also want to be connected to new people who really inspire me. So oh, wow. if I could just cherry pick people who really, really inspire me that have written incredible books or have given great talks or mm -hmm. have just done incredible things to help their communities, I would love to just have the best of the best and most inspiring people in one place, listening to Latin music, eating Latin food, dancing, mm -hmm. and just really enjoying life and connecting with each other on a, a real authentic level. I love that. Do you want to name drop a little bit about some of those people who inspire you? Can be in the events industry or not? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I would be happy to. There's so many people. I would say some of the people who inspire me most, one is actually from the industry and she has now turned into a super successful best-selling author and she is just an incredible speaker, Judy Holler. Um, mm -hmm. she actually started in hospitality and then she was in sales and she worked her way into entrepreneurship and she just is absolutely crushing it. So she's someone I find really inspiring and also someone who deeply cares about elevating other people around her. Yeah. And I really connect with that. Yeah. I would say, um, I, I mean, obviously I would love to have the Michelle Obamas of the world, the one yeah. and only Michelle Obama, but yeah. also just people at that level who've done such incredible things yeah. and just are constantly inspiring and always helping their communities. I think that would be, that would be fantastic. Um, and then, I mean, I'm going to throw Tyra Banks in there. I love Tyra Banks. Well, and that's I, an unexpected one. Tell me yes, about there's that. always a surprise celebrity and I feel like I would choose her. I think she's so fun and she's such a great interviewer and she's such a great TV personality and she's always yeah. just her authentic 
self in all ways. She's a little bit weird, which I also love. So yeah. I would choose somebody who's just wants to have a good time, but is also just a boss, you know, someone who really inspires you. Absolutely. I didn't even know she's still doing TV. Is she still doing TV or you? She, yeah, she she's still doing, she's still doing quite a few things. She started, I don't remember exactly what it is, but she started a new project called Model Land. Wow. Um, and I know an event has event land, so maybe you guys should do a little partnership. <laughs> But yeah, she's um, That's great. she's incredible. She's always up to something new. And yes. I mean, I love even watching her reruns of America's Next Top Model. Me too. I actually started doing that not too long ago. And yeah. it's been so exciting. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything you would like to add? Any final notes, words of inspiration? I always love this question. Like, what is some of the best advice that you've received while you were, you know, still finding your feet in the events industry? Oh my goodness. You know, I think it's, it's really important to just be yourself. I think even talking about confidence and, you know, starting your own business and dealing with challenges and, you know, life is going to throw a lot of curveballs your way and you're not definitely not going to be able to predict everything that happens in life. But I think, you know, staying true to who you are and embracing challenges, embracing those curveballs, understanding that failure is actually a silver lining. It's an opportunity to grow and to change as a person and become stronger and wiser. And really also, it's an opportunity for you to get to know yourself better, what makes you tick, how you handle challenges, how you can do things differently in the future. I think it's, I think being yourself is very important, but I also think always looking for those opportunities to grow and also support people who are going through those same types of challenges and failures. I think that's a really opportunity to become more purposeful in the person that you are and also the work that you do. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. What a beautiful final note. Thank you so much, Courtney. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight, your authenticity. It's been such a great conversation with you today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. And I look forward to an event's next experience. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening to Eventland, a podcast by InEvent. If you're interested in joining our global community for event professionals, use hashtag Eventland to find us on social media. See you next time.